This is the Friday, April 23rd edition of the Daily Wager podcast. Another week wrapping up today. We do a little NBA and a little UFC looking ahead to the big card this weekend. And as promised, we'll get you in and out in less than 10 minutes. Welcome to the Daily Wager podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. I am Doug Kazarian, joined on this fabulous Friday by Joe Fortenball. How are you, sir? Doug, I'm doing great. Uh, I'm beginning to love the Friday podcast more than the others. No disrespect to the others, but I love it when we have UFC on the card for the weekend. Basketball picks, baseball picks, always a good time, but we've got a huge card tomorrow night. I'm glad you and I both in the email chain had a lot to say about this. I'm glad we're going to dive into it. Yes, and I get to use my uh, Fletch line on air on Fridays, too. That's always good. Using the whole fist there, Doc? So uh, let's get into it. We'll we'll wrap things up with the face punching, but let's start with the NBA because there's a lot of moving parts. The NBA can be really tricky at all times of the season, but really when these load management and injuries wreaking havoc, it really – it's sort of an acquired taste, and I think we've been able to decipher stuff, get ahead of stuff. So what do you got for us to lead us off? A few things I was looking at. Um, I do like the idea of playing Washington in the first half against Oklahoma City. The Wizards are surging. The Thunder have lost 12 straight. Uh, during that 12-game losing streak, they're being outscored by about nine points per game in the first half. Washington's laying five and a half, so I've got a good eye on that one. I think I'm going to play it. The one I like the most, and the total's been dropping here like crazy, it's the Heat in Atlanta under 211 and a half. It was as high as 214. Main reason it's plummeting, Trey Young. Not going to play tonight. He suffered that grade two lateral ankle sprain in the loss on Wednesday to the Knicks. Look at the offensive rating with him on and off the court. Atlanta's second with him on the court. 20, excuse me, 29 with him off the court. And then conversely, when he's on the court defensively, they rank 24th. But when he leaves the court, they jump to fourth. That's a recipe for an under, in my opinion. You bring in a top 10 defense in Miami, who's one of the slowest paced teams in the NBA. I don't think this one, I wouldn't be surprised if this one didn't eclipse 200 total points under 211 and a half Miami and Atlanta. Yeah, I'm on the same uh, under as well. I know a few sharp guys who played it overnight as well. So good work on that part. Um, I'm with you there. A couple other games have caught my eye and I'm on the Blazers minus three. And I understand Memphis, Blew an 18-point lead and shouldn't overreact to that. They could have easily had wins against the Clippers, albeit a shorthanded Clippers squad, and then also add Denver. But for me, this this Grizzlies team is full of a bunch of dudes, aside from maybe Ja Morant, who should be like first guys off the bench on a championship Greg Popovich team. It's like all these dudes who play hard and all this stuff. They're just I just think there's a lower ceiling and points don't come as easily as they do for Portland. Now I understand the Grizzlies, I think, rank 14th in offensive efficiency. So the stats suggest that I'm crazy, but I just don't see a lot of studs out there. I don't see some automatic buckets. I don't see some shooters. And I think Ja Morant's a little overrated, just a little. Like he's a, a fun player to watch, uh, all the good things, but I just don't think he's like that all-NBA first, second team kind of in the future. And he's a maybe a two-time all-star as a ceiling. So uh, maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong because he's a very likable player, but I'm going to lay the three with the Blazers. I think when they're at full strength, and obviously they've battled a lot of injuries and load management in the last couple of weeks, full strength, 
I think they get it get right tonight against Memphis. So I think I think you're making a really interesting point at the beginning of this analysis because I looked at this as well, and you said you don't want to overreact to what happened against the Clippers. And I was going to jump right on Portland, and then I paused because I was right there with you. It was my best bet on daily wager earlier in the week, laying the points with Memphis against the Clippers, and then they blew that lead, and they looked pathetic in the second half. And all I've wanted to do is come back and bet against them solely <laughs> because I'm angry. And yes. it's like, that's probably not the most sound betting strategy. But I think by the time we get the daily wager, you're going to end up talking to me on the Portland anyway. Um, I, I, I know. I, I think you got to be careful. I think they're a team where they're going to beat you with effort and discipline, all that. They're going to go beat some of the mediocre teams and the, some of the good teams and catch them in the right spot. I don't think this is a good spot to catch the, uh, the Blazers. They're coming off a couple tough losses. I think the Blazers get right. I think this line should be like five uh, and right. three, three. So I'm going to lay it. Um, I do like the Warriors plus the three. I think it's a get right game. And I think they're going to look a lot better than they did in the, this high profile MVP. If you want to put Steph in that category showdown. Um, and I do like the Wizards that you're talking about. I think they're just going to blow them out. I think the Thunder stink. I've talked about it enough on this pod, but <laughs> let's, let's go to the UFC. What do you got? The thunder slander, thunder and second half, first half rocket slander, Doug Kazarian specials. All right, All right. let's start with the main event, uh, ESPN plus pay-per-view tomorrow night, 261, uh, Usman and Masvidal. So I'm going to play the under four and a half rounds here. And I know this isn't a popular play. A lot of people are going to look to what happened in the first fight and think, well, if they went the distance, then why wouldn't they go the distance this time? After all, Masvidal didn't have to drop 20 pounds in the final week. He didn't take it on six days notice. I think that's the angle though. I think Masvidal having a full camp, not having to drop the weight late, is going to give him more energy later in the fight. If you go back to that first fight, the last few rounds, he's just trying to hang on. And Usman can sense that. And he's smart. He's not going to take any risks. He's going to ride him against the cage, push him against the cage, win the points, win the decision. I think more energy for Masvidal later in the fight means taking more opportunities, means trying to open himself up for a stoppage here, which in turn could open him up to getting stopped. And everything I'm reading about Usman he's very big on setting an example for his kids. He's very big on trying to do things the right way, thinking about legacy, thinking about the future. He doesn't like Masvidal. He doesn't like the way the guy goes about his business. And I think he's a little upset he didn't get the stoppage the last time out. I wouldn't be surprised if he tried to put his foot down a little bit more in this fight. It's sitting at plus 160 at Caesars William Hill, who we're partnered up with here at ESPN. Shop around. I think you can get under four and a half at a better price, but that's what I'm going to be playing in the main event. What do you think in there? Yeah, I, look, I think the money line's high for a reason. I, and and yeah. I do not buy the narrative that Masvidal wasn't ready or wasn't in shape. He's always in shape, and I think it's just a convenient narrative. And I think he's in this fight because of you know branding and selling the fight. I don't think he's there because of merit. I think they're out of opponents for Masvidal. And their last fight of the combined 15 rounds, Usman on the card won 14 of them, right? It was complete yep. domination. And to your point, I think there is a little bit of an edge and chip on the shoulder to end this fight early. I would do inside the distance. You can get like close to three to one, or you can feel a little frisky. And if you don't want to hurt your head for the math, but just hear me out, you can get good payouts for Usman in the third round, fourth round, and fifth round. And I would probably put a little more on third round. So let's just use round numbers. 150 at uh, 11 to one for the third round, 100 bucks and 14 to one. 50 bucks on 15 to one, excuse me, fifth round at 18 to one. And so basically that comes out to like pretty lofty odds, like almost 13 to one. If you, uh, if you um, can land, well, a little bit less than that, but you can get huge payouts. If you do Usman, sprinkle it out, 
uh, three, four, and five rounds, right? Because if the, if the payouts, and obviously you can get better, but I'm just quoting Caesars William Hill here. For the third, fourth, and fifth rounds, it's 11 to 1, 14 to 1, and 18 to 1. And if you put more on the three to 1 and less on the fifth round, because I think they do get to the fifth round, one guy might just play for the decision, in this case, Usman. So I would play uh, th- third and fourth round a little heavy in that regard. But I think there's a third or fourth round stoppage here. Or you can just keep it simple, go inside the distance at plus 250 or even higher, close to $3. Or there's some combined uh, parlay, if you will, outcomes that like DraftKings has. You can do over two and a half rounds and Usman. So that means you get late third, fourth, and fifth rounds and decision. And you're laying like $2, a much more uh, palpable or, you know, something more stomach, something you can stomach more easily. So I, I would do, I would play a, a version of one of those. All that math you're throwing at me reminds me it's of the lot. scene in 40 year old virgin where Kevin Hart is in the store and he's like, because you're throwing all these big terms at me and I don't understand what you mean, I'm going to take him as disrespect. Watch your mouth and help me with the sale. <laughs> That's what that reminds me of right there. But it's, 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 I think we're kind of aligned. We don't see this being the same thing as the first time around. And, and I think everyone... Masvidal's ch- best chance is first round. Like, I think you can go after him like the last fight yeah. Burns did. Burns kind of wobbled up a little bit early. So I, I think Masvidal is going to maybe try to emulate that. So I think if Usman's going to win, it's not going to be like a first round knockout. I'm with you. Are you doing anything else there? I'm looking at the Zhang uh, Nama Yunus fight. I'm going to play won't go the distance there as well. I think these two want to stand and throw. Not going the distance is plus one money. I've seen it as high as plus 120 at other places. Again, shop around, look for the best price. But I think you're going to have two that try to stand and trade. And I think if Nama Yunus gets to a point where she's getting backed up a little bit, she's going to look for the takedown. She is very good with submissions. We can bring that into play as well. It's a five-round fight, not a three-round fight. If you go back, three of Rose's last five fights haven't gone the distance. One that did was a three-round fight. And then with uh, when you look at Zhang, two of her last four fights ended in the first round. So I know that's not necessarily the trends that point overwhelmingly to a stoppage, but it's even money, and I don't see it going 25 full minutes. You know, I, I, that's where I would side. I haven't seen Zhang pl- uh, fight that much. So I, I do not have an opinion on this fight. Rose is uh, obviously very skilled, and, you know, it's hard not to um, – it's hard not to like all the favorites in, in the three title fights. I, I really believe right. that. Um, you know, look, like they're the, they're the belt holders for a reason. It's like it's pretty generic, and, and I get it. But Shevchenko is – I'm not in a rush to bet against her either. So uh, I'll let you have that play. I'll probably uh, scout out some of the early undercards, but I'm also sniffing out some FCS live betting tomorrow. So hopefully there'll be a lot of <laughs> a lot of uh, opportunities because I got to get my football fix on. I heard Stanford Steve's going to be on the show today talking about that stuff. He is, he is, and we're fired up because uh, it was good to have the big fella back. Like I said on air yesterday, AD was not the only big man returning to the lineup. It was good, <laughs> it was, it was good to get him back in the show, and we're doing some NFL win totals. And uh, we had a nice 2-0 start to best bets within like five minutes of the game of the the, the Bucks sixers We had some winners. So, uh, unfortunately, uh, I did not get there because I was a bucket short in my double-double. But we're going to get back on track going on the weekend. Yeah, buddy. I'm looking forward to it. 6 p.m. Eastern ESPN2 tonight. Let's get after it. All right. Let's do that. And uh, thanks to everyone. And we ask that you uh, download, rate, review, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And we'll see you back here on the podcast Monday morning. 